Welcome to another episode of Bible Conversations. Today, we're going to be talking about go, even if they don't accept the message. Chris, we uh, had a great speaker last night for our summer series here at Keller. We did. Uh, Brother Ken Hope was uh, phenomenal. He joined us on uh, Wednesday night and discussed the the idea of of going even if they don't accept the message, even if people aren't responsive to you. Now, sadly, Ken wasn't able to join us on the podcast. um, So we're just going to take the topic that he had and that he spoke um, and and do our own episode about yeah, it. So. Luckily, he gave us some notes. Um, yeah, exactly. You know, last night I actually, I went up to him. I'd never met Ken before, and so yeah. I went up to him and I, uh, you know, I he told me he's never heard this joke before, which really? is is quite impressive. But I said I was hoping to meet you, and um, <laughs> he, you know, both he and his wife laughed a little bit, and uh, just wonderful people, really, yeah. really wonderful people, and uh, so humble and such a gentle delivery too. Uh, mm-hmm. so it's not an easy topic that he was given, and yet he, I mean, he handled it with grace, and and it was just, it was really, really well done. So hopefully, yep. uh, for those of you that that uh, do not attend Keller, or maybe haven't heard this this lesson before, uh, you'll get a little taste of what we got last night, and hopefully you're in, as encouraged as as I know I was. And so, yeah. Well, throughout the lesson, the the idea of of uh, going even if they don't accept the message. Yeah. Uh, there, there's examples we can look at all throughout Scripture, whether it's the prophets in the Old Testament that mm-hmm. they were tasked by God to go and 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 preach His word to uh, to encourage people and to to tell them to repent, to to turn from their wicked ways, yeah. and they were rejected. Uh, yes. So many of them were were told they that they would not uh, listen to them, that they didn't, the people didn't want to have anything to do with what the prophet was saying. Yeah. Um, and then you can even look into the New Testament and um, and Jesus himself, he was rejected by people. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, a little side note, why should we think that we would win every soul if the son of God himself was yeah. rejected by many? Um, yeah. But then you can fast forward even into the book of Acts and the first century church and see that, that everywhere they went, absolutely they, they converted people, they um, they they spoke about Christ and and many came to believe and were baptized. Yet there were many more who rejected them. Yeah. There were many more that wanted nothing to do with the message that was being preached. And so wherever we go in Scripture, there are examples that we can see of of God's people going to share God's message and being rejected, having that message thrown back at them, uh, back in their face, and and. And people of the world wanting nothing to do with a message from God. Yeah. Well, let's let's consider some of them. Let's talk about. I've got three prophets that I kind of want to talk about. We'll we'll talk briefly about them. Share a few scriptures. Uh, but there's Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and then Elijah. And these these three are uh, you know obviously very well known. Yeah. Uh, and Jeremiah and Ezekiel have their own books in the Bible. They're yeah. You know they're they're well known. And Elijah the the stories and the the things that he did during his life, I mean, are obviously very well known as well. And so yeah. we talk about these three, these three people in, in Jeremiah chapter one, uh, verse four, it says, the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you before you were born. I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations, right? Which if you hear that from the creator of the universe, I mean, that's, 
God saying, That's something. I knew you, right? And he, oh, okay. <laughs> he goes, he says, ah, Lord God, behold, I, I do not know how to speak. <laughs> I, I am only a youth, right? And so he's, he's terrified. He's, he's scared. He, he, I'm going to be a prophet to the nations. I'm going to have to go and proclaim your word to, to the people who, who don't know you, who may not listen. The Lord said to him, he said, do not say I am only a youth. For to all to whom I send you, you shall go. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you. Mm -hmm. And so there's this idea, you know, people, when when we talk about Jesus, we're afraid. Mm -hmm. Afraid of rejection. We're afraid of being persecuted. We're afraid of... uh, The unknown. The unknown. We're we're just, we're afraid, which is really what holds us back. And what does God tell Jeremiah? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, right? And it's a common theme in Joshua, right? Do not be afraid, right? Be of good courage. In verse 19 of the same chapter, chapter 1, God promises something. He says, they will fight against you. Hmm. They will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you. And and there's this idea I think we have sometimes that God is going to protect us from all things, you know. Well, we might physically die, but... Mm -hmm. We are, we are guaranteed a spiritual victory. And Jeremiah was promised to prevail. Yeah. People were not going to win against him because he had God on his side. And regardless of, of what happened to him in, in the life physically, he knew he was going to win yeah. spiritually. And I find it interesting that he says, don't be afraid. Um, and he says, they will fight against you, but they won't prevail against you. In other words, yeah. don't be afraid of the fight. Yeah. Like, like you're, you're not going to lose. And so if there's any kind of fear, it's just a fear of the fight. It's a fear of the, uh, the rejection. It's a fear of the, uh, the strife that may come from this. Um, but you're not going to lose. And so the thing that you shouldn't fear is not losing your life. It's not, yeah. um, losing the fight. It's just don't be afraid of the fight itself. Correct. And, and I think that's important for us to remember today yep. too. Um, and obviously different circumstances, people yep. aren't coming for our heads when we preach about Christ in America. But, yeah. Not here in the States. Yeah. Not here in the States. Yeah. Not, not literally coming for our, for our heads. Yep. Uh, um, but still we're afraid of the fight sometimes or, or afraid of the, um, the strife that may come from this. And, um, and God makes it clear to Jeremiah here. He's saying, uh, you're not going to lose the fight, but you still shouldn't be afraid of the fight in the first place. Correct. And let's, let's go to Ezekiel next, because I, I think Jeremiah does, I mean, he does a great job preaching and proclaiming God's word. And Ezekiel has, has another difficult thing. You know, we, we've been studying Ezekiel uh, this, this quarter on our Sunday morning class. That and Daniel, mm-hmm. we've been going over Ezekiel, and now we're in Daniel. Uh, but in, in chapter 2, uh, God tells Ezekiel, he says, son of man, I send you to the people of Israel. Okay. Well, that's, that's not too bad, right? Yeah, that's what Ezekiel, that's what Ezekiel is. He's, he's of the people of Israel. People, yeah. yeah. Send you, send you to your own people, right? He says, to nations of rebels <laughs> who have rebelled against me, right? And so, you know, he says, I send you to Israel. All right, neat. To rebels. Oh, right. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's not as, not as good. He says, they and their fathers have transgressed against me to this very day. The descendants also are impudent and stubborn. I send you to them 
And you shall say to them, thus says the Lord God, right? So he says, listen, I'm going to send you to these people. You're going to talk to them and you're going to say whatever I tell you. Well, what does he say? Mm-hmm. He says, well, and whether they hear or refuse to hear, for they're a rebellious house, right? So whether they listen, whether they don't listen, doesn't matter. They will know that a prophet has been among them. And so, you know, this title, Go Even If, has as an a really kind of a sad implication to it is there are some who will not hear mm-hmm. and there are some who will. Yeah. Right. The sad part being some will not. Yeah. The majority will the not. The majority will not. Right. Yeah. And so God tells Ezekiel, says, listen, you're going to go. And in chapter three, he even. He well, gets, let's say verse seven kind of summarizes this really well. He yeah. says in verse seven, and you shall speak my words to them, whether they hear or refuse to hear. Yeah. For they are a rebellious house. He's yeah. saying, re- regardless of what the result is, this is what your task is. Yes, you're going to speak to them. Yeah, and and it's 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 irrelevant whether they listen. Right yeah. now, it is relevant to them. Yeah, but to your job, Ezekiel, yeah. it is irrelevant whether they listen. Your job is to speak. Your job is to yep. proclaim. And then we get to chapter three. Just we're not going to spend too much more time here in Ezekiel. But I, I found when we were studying this, it was so funny. Uh, in verse 8 of chapter 3, he says, Behold, I have made your face as hard as theirs and your forehead as hard as their foreheads, right? Well, when, when somebody's being stubborn today, you know, we talk about how they've got a hard forehead, they've got a hard head, right? Yeah. Hard-headed people. Yeah. That's what God literally said, that of Israel. You are hard-headed people. Yeah. You are ridiculous. Yeah. And then he says to Ezekiel, I've made your forehead as hard as theirs. So you are just <laughs> as hard-headed as the people of Israel. Yeah. And he says- They're going to be stubborn, so you have to be more stubborn. Exactly. Yeah. And he says, like, Emory, harder than flint, have I made your forehead. Fear them not, nor be dismayed at their looks, for they are a rebellious house. In chapter three, he talks about the, the end of it, talks about being a watchman and how his responsibility is to proclaim God's word. Mm-hmm. Whether people listen or not is on them. Yep. But he has a responsibility. And the last one is, is Elijah. It's in first Kings chapter 18. And, um, you know, I, I not necessarily going to go there. I'm not going to go there and read, but, but this is, you know, him with, with the prophets of, of Baal and in front of Ahab and Jezebel. And, you know, Elijah is, is standing on this mountain and there are 450 prophets of Baal. And Elijah has tried talking to them and Elijah has tried reasoning with them and, and they, they're not listening. And so now they get up on this mountain and they both build altars. And you remember what happens, right? I mean, the, these, these prophets, they, they start singing and they start dancing and they start, you know, do, cutting themselves even, yeah. doing all this crazy all stuff. All kinds of, um, of pagan worship practices. Yes. Yeah. And I would imagine if Elijah had a lawn chair, he would be sitting in his lawn chair, dripping, drinking a, a, an iced tea or something. Yeah. And he's sitting and he's mocking them. Yeah. Maybe your God's gone on vacation. Yeah. You know, maybe your God's asleep. Yell louder, right? Yeah. You know, and, and he's just mocking them. He knows they're not listening. Yeah. He says in verse, uh, what is it? 27 cry loud for he is a God. Either he is musing or he is relieving himself or he's on a journey or perhaps he is asleep and must be awakened. Yeah. Um, so like all of these just r- ridiculous ideas yes. of, uh, basically turning, uh, a, what they perceive as a God and to a human being. Yes. Um, and Elijah knowing that it's, it's a, a, 
piece of metal that y'all have shaped to look like some kind of image. Yes. Um, that's the thing y'all are worshiping. It, it has no power. And well, so, and, and all this time, every one of these prophets, all of these people have the ability to repent mm-hmm. and to turn and to change and to say, we were wrong. Yep. Because right before this, Elijah's saying, listen, either worship Baal or worship God. Yeah. Like, this is your choice, right? This is the same thing as in Joshua, right? Choose you this day who you will serve. Yep. As for me and my household, right? And so, so we, we, you know, we go forward and, and Elijah ends up, obviously, you know, he puts water all around his altar and, and prays to God and, and God, I mean, licks it up. I mean, it is, there's nothing left. And then all the prophets are killed. Well, Elijah then goes and hides. He's terrified. He is so scared. And I mean, rightfully so. I mean, you got Ahab and you've got Jezebel who are wanting to kill him. Mm-hmm. He's scared, but God is with him. And after a couple of years, God says, go back. Yep. It's time to talk to them again. Yeah. And, and so we, and, and I think this is really the point that, that I want to make regarding the old prophets. And, and I think you're going to be talking about New Testament stuff here in a minute, but mm-hmm. we are not responsible for how people react. Yeah. We and, are we are responsible for the message we bring and how we bring the message. Oh. So if we if we go out yelling at them, right? If we go out like Elijah did mocking them, right? Like it's not that's not going to convert people. Yeah. But if we go and we are genuine in our faith and we are genuine in our love and we are genuine in our care for other people and we preach to them the gospel, we have done our job. Yeah. Well, and it's uh it's really not even so much um in order to uh, to gain some sort of result, you know, and uh, you use the phrase, and I use this all the time, uh, like like if we do it in this way, it's not going to convert people. If we say this thing, it's not going to convert people. And yeah. and to be honest, as we understand our one job, we have to remember that um, whether or not somebody turns is is not our responsibility. Whether so, or not somebody responds is is not our responsibility. And so when we think about what we say and how we say it, yeah. the the goal that we're striving towards is not a matter of people's response to it, yeah. but a matter of whether or not our God is rightly and accurately represented through the words that we say. Because yeah. we are his hands and feet. We are his mouth. We are uh, going into all the world and, and showing a lost and broken world Christ. Yes. And and when they see the body of Christ, when they see the church, they should see Christ. Yeah. Um and that's our only job is to make sure that we are accurately taking Jesus to the world, yep. uh, regardless of what their answer may be to whatever message we bring. Yeah. Yeah. So, absolutely. um, th- that's something that I really had to, it's a tough lesson that I had to learn this summer as I'm, uh, uh working with the teens at camp. Um, there are, so many that um that put on Christ in baptism that committed their lives to him this this past summer um and there's some that uh you know are are beginning to uh to think in that way are beginning to uh, start to respond to some of the bible classes and the the lessons that they hear and it becomes such a difficult thing because there's there's some that like I don't want to uh, have them make this this commitment just purely on an emotional decision and yep. and there's some who as they uh are beginning to be prepared to make this commitment that their parents are are like well I I don't know if they're ready for for this yet and and there's so many other logistics um when it comes to a decision that's made by somebody to 
put on Christ, to commit them, their lives to Christ. And, and because of all of these other factors, I had to be reminded that, hey, my job is just to plant seeds. Yeah. My job is is not to to give increase because it's God who gives the increase. Yep. Um, I am just trying to plant seeds where they have not been planted, and I'm trying to water seeds that other people have already planted, and that is the only thing that I can do. Yeah, um, that's it. And so if there's there's anybody else uh, who, uh, as I'm trying to plant seeds or trying to water seeds, that it seems like it's just not growing. That's not on me. It's not on you. And, and, and that is somebody that God is working on long term. Yeah. Um, and it, again, it's a very difficult message. Um, it's a very difficult lesson to, to try to wrap my head around because yeah. I'm sitting there and I'm like, I know what I've taught this kid. I know what they've heard. I know what they believe. They're ready. Why are they, Why are they waiting? Not doing something. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I have to remember, hey, that's not my job. Yeah. Um, that's that's not the task that I have been given. Um, so we see that a lot of times throughout the New Testament too. You've referenced this a few times, but there's so many different places in the New Testament that we can go and look at examples of of God's people being tasked with a message, uh, which in the New Testament is the gospel, the good news, um, this this message of Christ and they are rejected. Um, yep. the, the first one I want to look at is actually Acts 2. Um, and we mentioned Brother Ken Hope before. He he mentioned this last night, and it's something that I'd thought about before, but it's been a very long time. Um, but on the day of Pentecost, when 3,000 souls were saved, you know, a lot yep. of times we read about this in Acts chapter 2, and we're like, wow, what what an incredible conversion rate. That yeah. Like there's 3,000 people in one day that got saved. Yeah. Um, but he said, if you really start to think about it, their conversion rate was not that good. No, uh, the scholars will will and historians will estimate that there was one to two million people in Jerusalem there on that day of Pentecost, and so we're thinking like, wow, three thousand. When in reality, it was like, oh, there was like a hundred ninety-seven thousand, no, nine hundred ninety-seven thousand people that rejected it because it's just. 3,000 accepted it. Yeah. If there were truly a million people in that town. And so, um, what we, what we begin to realize is the possibly greatest day of conversion in the history of the church still had the majority of people reject the message. Yeah. And, and Jesus talks about this too. He says, uh, why does the, the gate that leads to, uh, to destruction, many will be that find it. And so we, we have to keep that in mind as we go throughout all of these examples in the book of Acts and, and in our life today is that there are many people who just decide to reject the message that, that don't want anything to do with the message. But the first one there on the day of Pentecost, obviously. But then as we go throughout uh, the book of Acts, I really like Acts chapter, uh, I believe it's 13. I'm flipping over there right now. Okay. Um, 13. Oh, sorry. No, it's in uh, Acts chapter 14. Um, and we've mentioned this on the podcast before, but um, uh, this one I, I find very interesting. As Paul goes yeah. throughout, Bar- uh, th- Paul and Barnabas go throughout Iconium and then throughout Lystra. Um, and uh, they circle back around to Antioch a little bit later. And people are chasing them from town to town because yeah. they want to kill them. Um, it it's really hits home what God says to Jeremiah in the don't be afraid of the fight because I'm going to take care of you. Yes. Because along this way, 
um, they stoned Paul. I, I believe this is the time where they stoned Paul and they thought he was dead and left, left him, him for dead. Left him for dead um, outside. And then he gets up and dusts himself off. So mm-hmm. so God is, goes back into the city. And goes back into the same city, yeah. But um, it, it's just like what God told to Jeremiah. Like, don't be afraid of the fight. You're yeah. you're not going to be killed. You're not going to be destroyed. I'm going to take care of you. It's essentially the same thing that, that Paul is living as. Uh, he He's not going to be destroyed. He's not going to be completely broken down. Um, they tried to, but God is taking care of Paul. Uh, God is, is watching over him. And so he says, just don't be afraid of the fight. Like this is, I, I can almost see what Paul is reminding himself is he was a, a young Jewish boy, obviously knew the stories of Elijah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel growing up and yeah. having studied those from a young age. I can almost see him as he's getting up, dusting himself off, like yeah. reminding himself, all right, just don't be afraid of the fight. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just like what God told the Jeremiah. Just don't, just don't be afraid of the fight. The fight is going to come. Yeah. Just don't be afraid of the fight. And he goes right back into that same city. Yeah. And so th- the point that I really want to make um, is that wherever we go in Scripture, from Genesis to Revelation, yeah. that um, God is constantly seeking after the people that he has created. All, all of the people on this earth are people that God has created. He's constantly seeking after them. There are some who have heard and believed and obey his message. And to them, he has tasked with the, the, the role to go and and share his message further to share now today, the gospel, the good news of Christ. Yeah. Yet there are so many that will reject it. That shouldn't have any effect on whether or not we continue to share it or not. And, and that's the, the thing that I want to leave with y'all is regardless of, of how many people respond to a message that you share or not, yeah. it should not have an effect on how you continue to preach the message. Yeah. Well, the, the, the last, I'm, I've been looking for it, trying to find the, the right verse and I, and I found a part of it at least, but in Acts 24, uh, Paul is in custody and he's, he's with, uh, he's with Felix mm-hmm. and He's talking with Felix, and in verse 25 it says, And he he reasoned, as he reasoned about righteousness and self-control and the coming judgment, Felix was alarmed and said, Go away for the present. When I get an opportunity, I will summon you. And how many people are there that we talk to that are not yet ready mm. to hear the word? They're not in the right frame of mind. They're not in the right whatever. And... And, and there's all sorts of excuses as to why they may not. But but Paul preached. Yeah. Paul taught. And he convicted this man enough that he was alarmed. And so Paul did his job. His yeah. job was not to convert Felix. His job was to preach to Felix. His job was to talk to Felix. It is the job of Felix to understand the necessity of the gospel. And so you may be talking with somebody, and you, you alluded to this earlier, you may be talking to somebody that may take years. Yeah. You know, I, I think I've talked uh, before on, on the podcast about how Alyssa and Allison, my, my wife and sister-in-law, they, they spent years teaching one of their friends. Mm-hmm. And I mean, after five years, this girl finally was baptized. Well, that's a, that is a long-term investment. <laughs> that's, it's not a short-term thing. And so we have to be willing to put in the work and to to attempt. It says in verse 27 of, 20, of ch- chapter 24, when two years had elapsed. Mm-hmm. It took over two years and he never came to it. 
No. And and that's sad. That is that's that's really sad to to, to think about and to consider, but our responsibility is to preach. If they don't listen, they don't listen. But yeah. they might. Yeah. And that is the point. They might listen. And if there's even a chance that we can bring the saving message of Christ to somebody, we ought to do that. Absolutely. Uh, you know, the, the spot that I want to end this off on yeah. um, is actually where the book of Acts ends. Uh, yeah. In chapter 28, as Paul is in Rome, he's uh, essentially under house arrest. Um, but it, it says in verse 30, um, he lived there two whole years at his own expense uh, and welcomed all who came to him proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. Yeah. And that's where it leaves us, uh, at least for, for the life of Paul. We don't know if uh, he got out of Rome. He, we know he lived there for two whole years. We don't know if his life ended at the end of those two years. We don't know if um, he continued to go on to another city after that. Uh, but um, the point is, is that wherever he was for the remainder of his life, yeah is he's preaching about Jesus with all boldness and without hindrance. Yep. And and it's not based on results uh, as far as the way we consider results, but instead yeah. it's based on the uh, just messages being shared. Yeah. And I think if we can change our idea of success yeah. to I have preached, I have taught, I have proclaimed the gospel. Instead of they have obeyed, they have responded. Correct. Because like, think about it. It's I have done this, this, and this versus they have done this, this, and this. We yep. can't base our base our success on something nope. we cannot control. Yep. So. Our success must be on what we have done. We are the watchmen. We have to do what we are told. We have to do what we can, but we are not responsible for other people's actions. That's why we go, even if they reject the message. That's right. Yep. Well, thank you so much for um, putting this summer series together. I know yeah. we have a few more weeks we of uh, this idea of go. And so um, I hope we have a, a few more guys that will be joining us here on the podcast. Yeah. Well, next next week, uh, John Curtis will be here. Great. And he'll be, be joining us. And I'm, I'm excited about that. Uh, you know, he performed Alyssa and I's wedding yep. ceremony and uh, first gospel preacher I ever heard. And uh, just I really love sitting at his feet. And yeah. learning. And so, yeah, he's a fantastic brother. So yeah. we'll look forward to having him next week as we continue this, this series on the idea of uh, going into yes. all the world, the Great Commission. So thank you all so much for sticking with us this week. As always, reach out to us if you have any questions or uh, have a request for any kind of topic. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Bible Conversations. We want to ask if you have any questions, suggestions, or comments that you please email us at kcocbibleconversations at gmail.com. You can also find us on social media. We've got a Facebook page as well as an Instagram account. Our Facebook page is very simple. It's just Bible Conversations. On Instagram, it's very simple, at Bible Conversations. Uh, look us up, like our posts, and share it with your friends. We also have a... An opportunity for you to help us financially through a through a store uh, via Kim's Closet, and you can find that. Uh, you can just type into Google Kim's Closet. We have a uh, we have a link as well that, that we will be uh, posting in, in each of our episodes, and we just hope that you will that you will reach out and find us and uh, purchase a hoodie or a shirt uh, with the logo on it, and that way you can spread the word without having to say a word. So we appreciate you. Thank you all. Have a blessed week.